DJ so flies in the building, so understand it's going down. It's your boy David Banner, love to leave it. Hey. Yo, it's the one year anniversary of the Apply Respect to Podcast, and I just want to say thank you to you guys, man. It really means a lot. Started this journey a year ago, didn't know what I wanted to do, what direction I wanted to go in, but it's been great thus far. And um, please continue to send your positive vibe, positive feedback, positive thoughts. Um, and we're just going to take it up from here, all right? It's Monday, baby. Happy birthday to my son Dallas. He just turned through today. Flock respect the podcast. Let's go. I'm bringing pain like two bad nurses. In the pain from knees here, motherfucking verses. Ridiculous thirsts involving hoses. To the dirt shit first, fixing is in autos to work with. Slugs to the shirt shit, chest of squirt shit. I'm kicking it with an expert kid. From both to the earth split, it'll hurt me. Show you how worse it than worse get in a zone. See the vein when the pain repelling, then the clothes and the curtain spits. When adrenaline's pumping, I don't understand discussion. Only hit certain shit. I'm a misunderstood nigga, and I'm off my square. How got me reversing clips and dispersing shit. What can I say to make you see how the fuck I feel? To make me wanna jump over the edge. I'm charged up as stuff is getting shot up on the legs. No pain instead of cane, I took a blood off to the head. So tell me what it's Retaliate with lethal repercussion. I feel a rico rushing to go into things like it's a wicked stick. If the Benadryl, how back I finna steal to get the kick of shit for niggas and bitches that I kick it with. I was born to get you pumped up. It's like some lead bust, cause again, motherfuckers are head rust. And your head bust when you jumped up. Cause what I said must have got you geek. My eyes red bust. But smoking shit, the niggas hit on the die. Make me wanna slip the Yes, sir. Ain't nothing like a little twister to get your Monday going and get the blood boiling in your brain. You know, while you sipping your coffee, sipping your tea. I'm actually sipping some green tea right now. Uh, I think it's the pomegranate and uh, super fruit. Uh, yeah, no beer right now, man. I'm sipping the um, the tea right now. You know, I'm trying to clean up my beer act, man. I've been drinking too much tea. I mean, too much beer. And on top of that, man, my birthday is in less than two months, so I'll be 31, and I'm going to somewhere, somebody's beach, shirt off, with, uh, what, what is it, sun's out with the guns out, you know, so my muscles will be really wrecked, <laughs> so I had to lay off the beard, man, I've been in the gym, uh, upping my calories from trying to gain a few pounds, so I can just take a bunch of pictures and then, hey, <laughs> lay off of it, and I'll go back to normal, but, uh, man, Fly Perspective Podcast, it's your boy DJ SoFly, I'm on episode number 30, and uh, I'm a year in, I know you heard at the beginning, I'm a year in, man, and I'm just, I'm grateful for that, um, grateful, good podcast journey can be hard at times, especially fitting something like this into your extracurricular activity, um, you know, but hey, like anything you say you want, you gotta go for it, you know what I'm saying, um, nothing that you want will come easy, you know what I'm saying, and if it come easy, it might go easy, so it's been a good grind thus far, and uh, with the minimum amount of promotion I have done, I'm trying to pick things up, trying to do this, trying to open up my schedule some more to devote some more time to the podcast. But like I said in the beginning, man, I'm grateful for you guys. And the discussion I had the other day with somebody was uh, they asked me, how do I feel about celebrities starting like podcasts and stuff? And I just kind of felt like, I mean, it's a cheat code. <laughs> and I feel like it's making it harder for guys like me and another, uh, you know, other average podcasters trying to work their way up the totem pole to get to uh, you know, podcast popularity, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, because if you're a celebrity and you're already doing X, Y, and Z, it's kind of like, all right, well, you start a podcast and you got your following following you. I mean, I guess that's cool, but we in a time right now where the podcast thing is so popular that people are just going for it. You know what I mean? It's like everybody in their mama just started a podcast, which is fine, man. I don't really care about that because... What I eat don't make you shit, and what you eat don't make me shit. So we are running our own race, you know, and it is what it is. I just kind of think that the market is being bombarded with 
um, podcasts as well as like uh, YouTube stuff. You know, everybody's doing stuff on YouTube. Everybody's trying to be discovered in their own way, which is fine, man. But I feel like, damn, it's the ultimate cheat code when a celebrity comes out with a podcast and they just use that podcast as a different platform, you know, for them. It's like, you already famous, bro. That ain't your lane. <laughs> just like when the NBA players used to be trying to be rappers. You was in the league making millions of dollars, and here you come out with, with a whack album. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Um, podcast has been good for me. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things. It opened my eyes to um, just how sociable, if that's the word I want to use, I can be. Um, I didn't think I could sit here and talk by myself to a microphone to an invisible audience for 30, 45 minutes on a perspective that I see things, or I didn't think I could be as vulnerable as I was about situations, but then uh, when people started to hit me up and say they can relate or they love the podcast and love where I'm coming from, it opened my eyes to, man, you know, that, that people really rocking with me, rocking with my situations, rocking with my um, fly perspective. Also, uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, my Instagram name is at uh, DJ Soulfly. That's DJ S O F L Y Y. And you can also look that up on Facebook as well. But I started a new series of uh, just positive notes, positive thoughts. It's called Fly Perspective. Hashtag Fly Perspective uh, day by day. You know, hashtag day by day and hashtag Fly Perspective. And I've just been dropping little gems, you know, uh, just about uh, certain things that can help people in life. Maybe help you through a situation, give you a little motivation through the week, you know, and just get you going, get the get, get your get your thoughts going, you know what I'm saying? So uh, if you haven't already, check those out. And let's see, uh, what else I got going on? Oh, uh, recently I tried to, uh, well, I applied for another job um, within my job, like a promotion in a different area. I had to go take a test for it and all that, all that. Man, long story short, uh, right when I get done with the test, I'm feeling good about the test, uh, the computer crash. So I'm at this facility with these old-ass computers, man, and it's like, why wouldn't y'all update y'all facilities to accommodate people in the new age? I mean, if they had, like, Windows 95 and 98, like the old Windows on that boy, you know what I'm saying, with the, the old-school mouse, like, they had a really old computers on there, man, like, and it was crazy. So I, I took this test. Now, now, mind you, the test was four hours long, bro. I was, I, was, I was taking a test for four hours long for the computer to crash as soon as I got done with it. Can you imagine how upset I was after taking a four-hour test? And as soon, I mean, literally, as soon as I hit submit, the screen went white and it said, Internet Explorer is not responding. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? So I went out and I got the little administrator lady or whatever they called and uh, tell her about it. She walks into the room. Now, now mind you, I'm in the waiting room. I literally yelled out, fuck, like three times. Like, I'm just sitting like, fuck. Fuck, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, loud as a mother. Like, I know the people in the other testing rooms can hear me. So she comes back in, like, after a couple minutes. She's like, um, let me call the support help desk for this, this, and this. And I'm like, all right. So they on the phone for about 15 minutes. She walked back in on the computer, whatever, whatever, did some stuff. Come back out and say, uh, you know, that uh, gave me some excuse. Well, they got it. They're going to email you. Man, long story short. The computer crashed and basically erased all my answers, and they tried to finesse me into waiting until the next te- the next testing period. And it's like, man, look, I don't know if that was a sign from God saying, look, bruh, that ain't your lane, or, you know, look, bruh, I'm about to take your life to a whole different level. 
different direction. But hey, any way you bless me, Lord, I will be satisfied. And speaking of jobs, man, like, you know, you just realize how hard it is, number one, to get a job or to land a job interview. Now, I remember being in college and they would focus on your resume and this and that and how you would act in an interview and basically just trying to schmooze and trying to present yourself in a way that will make yourself appealing to the interviewer. But I'm sure a lot of you people uh, that listen to this podcast understand where I'm coming from when I say the, the, the application process is too damn hard to begin with. Like, why do I need to create a profile on your job website that takes me 20 minutes to do. Not only do I create a profile, but everything that's on my resume, I have to type out manually into another format and then upload my resume with some generic ass cover letter that I might have created and and for every, you know, every person that I've applied for just changed around a few words in the cover letter. Like why is it so hard to apply for a job? Like why can't I just go to your website, see the job opening, hit apply, upload the resume and be done? And you do all that just to be on, I mean, just to apply for a job and then fuck around and never hear from people again. Never hear from them people again. Like, it is too damn hard to apply for jobs nowadays. And I'm steady applying for jobs in, the, the, you know, the same way. And it's just like, man, like, like there has, something has to give. Like, the job I had now, have now, I forgot I even applied to them. I had applied to them and then they didn't hit me back for like another four months, bro. They hit me up four months on a Friday and was like, at three o'clock, now mind you, four months after I applied on a Friday at three o'clock in the afternoon and was like, hey, we need you to come in for an interview tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. I've never heard of a job interview on a Saturday morning. Now, now, mind you, it was my sister's birthday, too, that time. Shout out to my sister, Nikki. I love you. Um, and she had rented out a booth at this club. So I had planned on getting lit that night. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to still go to the party, but I'm going to pace myself. Man, I got so lit at the party. I had a big-ass hangover next next morning at the interview. But I got the job, you know. But it, it just retarded, man, applying for these jobs, man. It take too damn long. So all my people out there applying for jobs, keep hope alive. And especially people like me who's not even using that degree. Like I went to college and got a bachelor's degree in something I'm doing nothing with at all. And I'm just paying student loans back. Speaking of them, I got to call them tomorrow and tell them I ain't got it. Because, bro, look, they they want me to come out the heem. Like they hit me up when I first got out of college and eligible to pay back the loans and they wanted me to pay like it was something like 387 a month and i'm like i'm not paying y'all 387 a month bro then they hit me with like two something and i'm like Ugh. so i'm like i gotta call them tomorrow i'm like bro i ain't got it i need a lower rate speaking of a lower rate i know a person and this is on everything i love this girl i know she pays seven dollars a month bro Student loan, seven dollars a month. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven dollars a month. So if she paying seven dollars a month, I know I can get a, a lower rate for something. Like, like I ain't got it, bro. Let that marinate. And back to job interviews, man. I remember some of the worst job interviews I've been on. One time, 
okay, like when I first got out of college, I was thirsty, man. I was a, a what was I? I was a valet at a, a condominium complex, and it, right, I was making decent money, but it was time for me to level up. So applying for jobs, I was applying anywhere and everywhere, and they were like, this is when those job sites first hit, like Indeed, Glassdoor, um, ZipRecruiter, you know, shit like that. So. I remember being on one of them platforms, like Monster, uh, one of them platforms, and I remember it was like a um, um, like a marketing company because my degree is in marketing and public relations, you know, communication based, and so I was like, cool. So it was like, you know, all this stuff for the company, this that, and the third. You do this, blah blah blah. It sounded real cool. I'm like, cool. So I I immediately put up my resume. They called me like. The next day or email me the next day. Hey, when can you come in for an interview? I was like, I'm available tomorrow, whatever. So I came in. It was like this little office or whatever. And they, they, they kind of wasn't really telling me what they really did. Like they were just like, oh, we do marketing for some companies and this, that, and the third and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, are you guys doing cold calling? Because basically like cold calling is like basically where you just calling around to random places trying to sell something to people or something to companies. Oh, no, 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 no cold call. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, like, how about this? Come in tomorrow, and um, we'll, we can do a follow-up interview as well as you can go. You can sit in on some meetings with us. I'm like, cool. So I, I come the next day. I got on my good uh, H&M suit, or was it a Zara suit? I forget. I think it was H&M Zara suit, and I uh, got my good dress shoes on. No, it wasn't a suit. It was a vest piece. It was some slacks, a dress shirt, and a vest. All right? I was vest up. I was vested. You understand? And some nice... Uh, I don't know what kind of shoes them was. I bought them from Nordstrom, though. Uh, dress shoes. And I get there, and they're like, all right, we're going to go to some meetings, blah, blah, cool. I'm like, all right, cool. We literally in the car, and the car stopped at, like, it was like a shopping mall or some area or whatever. And then the dude was like, all right, we're going to get out, and we're going to hit all these businesses here, blah, blah. And now, mind you, this dude is a dude I was riding with. He wasn't in my interview. He didn't know shit. It was some Asian dude I had met with, right? So I'm like, what do you mean? He like, what, they didn't tell you? I'm like, nah, tell me what. He like, yeah, we're going to go door to door to these businesses, and we're trying to sell them office supplies. I said, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> like, I literally got finessed into being, like, all the way out and, like, you know, 30 minutes away from my car to ride with this guy thinking I'm going to an actual business meeting. And I'm in my good clothes. I was wondering why Buddy had on like some some docker slacks, khaki pants, and like some, I don't know, some Skechers or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the hell? So we go into one business, man. As soon as we walk in, they like went off on dude. Like, man, we told y'all not to come in here no more. We don't need no more off supplies. That was the worst. It was another time I'd apply for a dope-ass job with Toyota. I, I excelled in all the interviews, especially... It, 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 Especially, like, the personality-wise, the marketing-wise, my ideas, this, that, and the third. I mean, I had, like, proposals drawn up for them, this, that, and the third, ideas of what how I could take the brand this way, that way. I had four interviews with them, bro. Four interviews with them. That were dope. For them to come and tell me, oh, we're going to go into a different direction. I'm like, bro, y'all wasted all this time in my life. I didn't draw out all these plans. I didn't wrote down a bunch of stuff to bring as ideas for the job. I didn't show y'all how I can work video equipment. I didn't sat and talk to y'all for hours about shit. For y'all to hit me and tell me y'all going to a different direction. 
But it's good that they probably did because that that uh, dealership, that Toyota dealership, ended up closing. Um, I don't know, like a year later. But it was like one of their mega dealerships. It was huge. It would have been a dope ass job, fresh out of college to get, but didn't get it. So when I did finally get a job, I got one in sales uh, for an um, appliance company, and um, some people that lived at where I was working at that hooked me up with a job. I was cool with them, you know what I'm saying? So they hooked me up with a sales job with their appliance company, and it was ah, it was alright, you know what I'm saying? I was selling appliances. I didn't know shit about appliances at all. I would I'd be making stuff up to sell to people just so I can get the commission. I would lie. I ain't gonna stunt. I would lie like they'd be like, "Is this um?" Washing machine, um, uh, I don't know. They say some dumbass shit like bleach, bleach resistant to the, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know the stainless uh, such and such. You know, I'd be making up all kinds of. Stuff. I didn't know what these people were talking about at the time. I'd be like, bro, just buy it, just get the money, cause I got bills to pay. <laughs> but it ended up being cool. But man, I ended up getting laid off that job, bro. But it was hella funny how they did it because, um, they they, they sales was declining, so I kind of figured out something was going to go on soon because it got to the point where. Man, it went from me having hella people to meet with and hella bulk orders of, of, of appliances to sell to pretty much nothing. Or or meeting with people, but then they would end up finding a cheaper rate somewhere else. And so one day I had left the store, and uh, one of the stores, and I had uh, a key to the store, you know, and I had left out. And I'm like, I left out, I was maybe like five minutes away. And so I get a call from my manager at the time. He's like, hey, yo, D, man, I, I locked myself out of the, the spot. Uh, can you bring your key to the store and uh, let me in? I said, yeah, 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 I got it on me, cool. I get back there, and I um, I open the door, and he's like, all right, cool. And then he's like, well, hey, just give me your key. I'll give it back to you. Uh, I'll give it back to you later. And I was like, uh, okay. And right then when I went to my car, I was like, shit, I just got fired. <laughs> And so, sure enough, I didn't get fired by, like, hey, we're going to let you go because of blah, 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 this in the third. I got let go through a text message, like, yo, man, Tony want to let you go because it is that and the third and sales aren't going. I'm like, how unprofessional is this shit? Number one. And number two, since I'm the only black person working in this motherfucker, did anybody else get treated like this? Or was it just me? Because why are you going to fake a scenario to get the key to the store back, like, if I got fired, I was gonna come back and steal a bunch of shit out of the out of out of the store or out of the warehouse. You know, like I don't know, man. Crazy, crazy job situations, bro. And honestly, to this day, I still think about like as I owe money to um, you know student loans. I'd be thinking like, man, like did I really need to go to college? Because I'm working in a field where it's like I didn't need a college degree at all. And that's how a lot of jobs are nowadays too, where it's like. You can kind of get your way into jobs, man. You don't have to have a college ID, not college ID, college degree. I mean, it looks good on paper, but even when you have a degree and you still apply, they'd be like, oh, you need two to five years of experience in this field, or you need this or need that. And it's like, you know, even with that, I did experience, you know, for marketing and public relations and communications, just like that, because I was working for the radio station at the time. And um, that got me nowhere, you know. I applied for a lot of jobs. I mean, then, too, you got to think about your placement. Like, I guess St. Louis isn't the area or, uh, you know, the market for the field I was trying to go in. But even when I apply for, like, you know, other jobs with, like, basic communications or whatever, you know, IT work or, you know, stuff like that, it's still, like, man, I don't I don't get no calls back for real, you know? And it's, like, 
you know, my time be so limited, it's even hard to apply for jobs myself, man. Like, as long as it takes to fill out one application. So, it is what it is. I mean, I still stand on, I don't think you need a, you know, a college degree. That's just like how, you know, my family has asked me before, you know, well, why wouldn't you go back and get your master's? It's like, I can't even get a job with the bachelor's degree I got, let alone, what am I going to get a master's for? Number one. Number two, I've been out of school so long, I couldn't imagine even going back to school. I could probably say the only thing colleges is probably good for is showing you uh, maybe networking purposes if you go to the right college and you get an internship in a certain field, you're able to brush hands with certain people. Um, also, that you're consistent, you're able to study, you're able to pass tests and retain information. But honestly, I don't remember none of that shit from school. I mean, I was remembering stuff just for the test and then, like, forgetting it. Like, I don't know what I really was supposed to remember, I guess, or supposed to be educated about, honestly. <laughs> and communications, public relations, marketing, you know, stuff like that. That was kind of just like a natural thing for me, especially like being from high school, you know, on up to the end of college, like DJing and throwing parties and promoting parties and promoting mixtapes and promoting myself and promoting artists and, you know, stuff like that, or marketing artists and brands and Stuff like that, it was like, it's kind of second nature for me. So it's like, I didn't need a piece of paper to tell me, you know, or to show me how to do that type of stuff. It didn't even help me for real, you know. Um, but I guess on the other scale of things, it's kind of like, well, if you don't go to college and you just have a high school degree, you know, it can still be hard. Because even those jobs that you apply for, maybe they overlook you because you don't have a college degree. But shit, I'm getting overlooked and I got a college degree. Or maybe my resume sucks. I don't know. It's so many tricks to the trade they quote-unquote claim so you can get an ideal job and this and the third. But whatever. If you're out there, keep doing what you got to do. Get the job. Something going to break. Trouble don't last always. And keep grinding, man. Another thing I've been reflecting on is just like as I get older and just really try to get my shit together even more. Not like my shit isn't together. You know, there's always room for improvement. But just like debt, you know, like, you know, debt, man. I don't like owing nobody, man. So I want to pay my debt. I want to be in a position to have no debt. Like, I mean, of course, I got them student loans I'll be paying, but I only owe 30K, man. I know people that owe way more than that. Um, you know, I'm paying off the 30K. So I should be done with that pretty soon. But like credit card debt, man, it's like it's hard like to fall into the credit trap sometimes, especially like when I was in college. That's like when I first got my first credit card in college. And then they do sneaky shit like they increase your limit like little by little. When you paying your credit card and all that type of stuff, they increase your limit little by little. The next you know, you got like a $10,000 limit or something crazy and you like, you know, 23, 24. And if you don't if you're not disciplined enough to, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 contain yourself with that power, man, you'll go crazy and throw your ass in that credit trap. And the more you spend on that bitch, the higher that minimum payment is. And if you're making that minimum payment, you ain't really paying nothing because once that interest hit, whew, boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, Capital One, that's one of the highest interest cards I've heard of uh, with, with friends and stuff like that. I have a Capital One, man, that interest is high. I try not to use it at all. Honestly, I probably just need to cut that bitch up, man, and not use it because that interest is something ignorant, like damn near 20% or over 20% or something like that. It's something ignorant, man. I remember one time 
I was getting hit for like a hundred and something dollars in interest per month just on that card. And if you thinking you if you you know you come out of college, you got a you know a base job and you making thirty forty thousand a year, and you got other bills to pay as well. That's a lot to be trying to pay the pay off. You never gonna pay that fucking credit card off, especially if an emergency comes and you know something always happening. And you always end up having to foot the bill for something. So it's like you never get out the credit trap. That's why I feel bad about, you know, I feel sorry for people who live in, uh, you know, kind of like low-income neighborhoods and they, they strap for cash. And it's like if you notice, like it'd be all them like title pond or uh, a title loan or a quick loan type places where the interest on that shit is like through the fucking roof, Jack. Like, you go in there for a $500 loan and you get it, and you fuck around and be paying, like, you know, ten times that, five times that, you know, because the interest is so fucking retarded. And then once the interest keeps going up on it, and, like, that's one of those situations where you're making a minimum payment, that shit just keep going up. And then you owe them people hella money. Like, I knew somebody that got, like, $200 from them and ended up having to pay them, like, twelve or 1500 at the end of the day with the interest. That's one thing they need to, you know, government or somebody needs to put, like, a cap on that, man. Because it's like, you ain't doing nothing but keeping people in debt, man, you know. I feel sorry for people who get, you know, caught in shit like that. I, I be getting things in the mail from, like, random credit people or, or random loan. Hey, you're you're uh, approved for a $50,000 loan. Like, who the hell is this? It'd be like, uh, dumbass loan service has approved you for... Uh, like, bro, I'm not, I'm not, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do in certain situations, but, you know, it, it, it's hard to stay afloat sometimes, especially when you're kind of strapped for cash. So it's like the main thing I try to do is not create a lifestyle for the amount of money that I'm making so I'm not in positions to where I am desperate for money and I have to use situations like that or I'm borrowing or I'm running up a credit card with a high-ass interest that I'm never going to be able to pay off. And honestly, the only time my credit card got high like that to where I was paying that highest interest was uh, when I got out of college and I got laid off from an appliance company. And I ain't have a job for like that whole summer, which was pretty lit anyway because I was collecting unemployment after that shit. And unemployment was hooking a nigga up, bro. <laughs> I was hooking a nigga up. On top of that, I had a, a limit on the credit card. So it was like, bro, I was out here. Of course, I was being irresponsible. Of course, buying shit in the club. You know, dump, you know, shit a 23-year-old would do. You know what I'm saying? 24, however old I was at the time. 23, 24, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. But you got to live and you got to learn. You can't, you know, keep get caught in situations like that where you're not being responsible with the money that you're making. Uh, also... Uh, being critical of like a savings account, man, like make sure you pay yourself first. You know, every check, even if it's twenty five dollars, put something into like a savings account for yourself. And just, you know, that can be your rainy day money. You know, any little bit adds up over time and just discipline yourself. So I try to do that. I try to set limits. I mean, even though it gets hard sometimes, um, you know, because like I say, things happen, man, you know, um, but but at least. You have a mindset to do that. You're just not getting paid and just spending money. You get paid Friday and you broke on 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 you know that that win that following Wednesday because you done went out, had a good time, you paid your bills, and then you eating Raymond for the next week and a half because you didn't budget some money right. 
You know what I'm saying? But one thing about that too, getting paid on Friday and you paying them bills and all them bills come out at once, man, that be hurting, bro. Man, that be hurting. And it is tax time too. I almost forgot about that, man. I gotta look up what is the tax deadline. I think it's like April first or fifteenth, something like that. I gotta do my. I gotta file my taxes, man, because you know I ain't trying to play with them people either. And hopefully, I get me a little refund back. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, I get a little refund back. I looked at my W two the other day, and I was like, "Damn!" You know what I'm saying? You look at how much you make, and you're like, "Man," and I'm, you know. I'm out here. Like, I'm broke, nigga. Like, I be feeling like I'm broke. Like, where is this money going? But then you add up all the taxes that come out, you know, the retirement, health care, you know, shit like that. And it's like, okay, well, I understand. But it's like, man, you see how many deductions? Hey, have you ever tripped off of you get paid, you look at your check stub, and you'll see your net pay, and then you'll see the amount you get, like, after deductions? That shit will make you sick, bro. All the money that comes out. Like in taxes. And then here in Missouri, we get taxed out the ass because you got to have property tax that you're paying on your car and your houses. You know what I'm saying? You might have state income tax you have to pay. Uh, uh, earnings tax, I mean, for for amount of money you if you're living in the city and working in the county. they just taxing the hell out of you, man. That's why I got to get up out of St. Louis too, man. I need to live somewhere where we ain't got no taxes. Recently, uh, HBO dropped a documentary, what was it, uh, Leaving Neverland or something with Neverland, dealing with Michael Jackson. Sorry I don't know the name, man. I told you I don't fact check too much. I go off the top of the dome. I don't have no notes or nothing, boy. I'm all in my brain. But, um, yeah, they did a documentary about Michael Jackson and Never Neverland Ranch, and they followed, like, uh, two guys. I've only seen part one because I really wasn't interested in seeing part two after part one, but, um, they followed these two guys, and they were talking about, uh, how they were being sexually, uh, abused by Michael Jackson at a young age, and this, then the third, and it's like, they kind of painted the scenario, like, you know, these boys really looked up to Michael Jackson, they start dancing like him, and, you know, end up meeting them, meeting him, and, and Michael was like, hey, I want to take you on tour, whatever, whatever, hey, I'm going to bring you to Neverland with your family and all this, and then they end up sleeping in the bed with Mike, and then blah, 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 and they say, you know, they in love, and they thinking they married to Michael Jackson, like they his girlfriend, and he, he sexually assaulting them, and, so, I mean, they was on there saying some bizarre shit, like, you know, they was playing a little little bit of that peekaboo, where uh, they said, oh, Mike, like, when the dude bend over and spread his cheeks, and Michael jerk off and all that, and oral sex with a kid. Like, you know, just a lot of gruesome stuff. And it's like, I'm not here to say, because I wasn't there. But it just doesn't seem right. I don't know. Um, I do know the one guy, I believe his name is Wade. I do know he, um, well, first of all, both of the guys had testified against another kid in court. So it was, a, it was allegations from another kid in court um, saying that, Michael had sexually molested him, and the two kids that came up and said that wasn't true, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Then they got older, and I want to say one of the guys tried to pitch a book about it, but it got shut down because, hey, you were in court, you said it didn't happen, now you're saying it did happen. Then the guy waited, like, sold some of Michael Jackson's memorabilia um, for, like, a few racks, 
you know, and then this documentary hits and it's kind of like, okay, like, are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for fame? What are you doing it for? And it's kind of like you you on the fence because it's like we don't know if it really happened or if it didn't happen. I'm going to just say I don't think it happened. Um, And I'm going to say that because I just don't see it. I don't see why you would lie at first and then come out years later and say the total opposite. Because if you did that for money, then you'll do this for money. You get what I'm saying? Like, there were kids that came out years ago on Mike and said, you know, when they did say they did something with Mike, they were saying, oh, our parents put that up to us, told us to say this or say that so we get the money out of Mike. I remember um, Eddie Griffin told a story about Mike and how he was at Never Never Land Ranch and whatever and was kicking it, blah, blah. And uh, I forget the, the actual dynamics of the story, but somebody that Eddie knew or whatever, like, their kids were there with Michael Jackson, like, in his bed, like, everybody was in the room, whatever, like, by the bed, or whatever the case, and somebody told them that, because they snapped a picture of, like, their kid in the bed with Michael Jackson, like, while everybody was in the room, and um, they told them they would buy the picture off of him if he would say that Michael Jackson sexually abused... um, his kid it was somebody else it wasn't eddie griffin eddie griffin was like there in the room or knew the guy that said it or what have you so it was like leeches that would be doing stuff like that you know what i mean also um i do know michael acquired a lot of catalogs of music right from sony so you may not know that michael owned like i think like half or maybe he got a piece of like everything that sony ever put out after a certain you know merger that he bought you know with sony records so some of the popular items that we would know to this day mike got a piece of you know he owned the beatles catalog you know um it was something else. Like every time something played, Michael Jackson got paid for it because he like you have to Google it. Like I said, I didn't write none of this stuff down, which I probably need to. It's a new year. I'm on my second year of the podcast starting off. You know, I probably should this year. I should probably start taking notes so you guys can be better informed. But and he would also kind of joke about, you know, people trying to kill him for his catalog. And then next thing you know, Mike dies from like an overdose of fentanyl or some shit. But not not trying to take away from the sexual abuse and all that, you know. I mean, I'm not here to say it did or didn't happen. I just don't understand if you said it didn't happen at one point for some money. It's kind of pointed at the situation like, well, maybe you saying it did happen this time for some money. Because HBO cut you that check. Also, it looked like whatever HBO had planned... You know, for Michael Jackson, his image and his reputation kind of backfired because I don't see a lot of people talking about this documentary at all. Like, I don't see no outrage about Michael Jackson um, with this kid situation, like the R. Kelly situation. We're not even going to talk about that right now. Like R. Kelly, that interview was just, oh, my goodness. And then, two, Michael Jackson is dead. He's not here to defend himself. Um, so I think, man, that's, that should have just been left alone, laid to rest. I really... I don't, that's a, that's a very touchy situation, very hard situation to digest, but I'm going to just sit on the fence and say, I don't believe it happened. You know, I don't believe Michael touched them kids. You know, I believe Michael was crazy and weird and, you know, wanted to be a white person, maybe wanted to be a kid because he didn't have a childhood, 
I will say that, but I don't I don't think Michael was out there fucking little boys, you know. And, and take it a step further, I don't know how, how if it's true or not, but I remember reading an article a long time ago that said when Michael was in like his teens or so, he was chemically castrated. Like his father had him chemically castrated so he could continue to have a high pitched voice and and sing at high octaves. Now, if you know anything about that, you can Google that too. There are situations where kids are chemically castrated that are famous singers and stuff like that in other countries so they can do the same thing. And um, if you're chemically castrated, I'm going off the dome. I don't know if this is technically true. I don't think you have like a lot of testosterone in your body. Thus far, testosterone meaning you can't get that boy up. You know what I'm saying? You can't get your, your soldiers going. You can't get your you can't get on hard. You know what I'm saying? Erect. You know. So I'm thinking if you're chemically castrated, I don't think you can you can you can bust out like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and participate participate in doing sex. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I did read that, and if you kind of think about it too, Michael Jackson being a man. And if you look at old Michael Jackson videos, when he would talk, he kind of had a little deeper voice at one point. And then all of a sudden, it just went to, he always had a high-pitched voice. You know what I'm saying? So I think he was chemically castrated or something going on. But don't mark my words, though, on that. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. But I'm, I'm going to stay on the fence and say I don't think that whole Michael Jackson situation is true. Uh, like, that's why I say I don't believe um, it. And I didn't want to watch the second part of the documentary. It just... It was it was a good lie, it looked like, at the beginning, but, and then it's like, too, I don't give a damn. Like, the parents is on there talking about how, basically, they was mesmerized about Mike Jack and all that type of stuff, and that you would let your kid go sleep in the bed with Mike or be on a whole different hotel floor with your, with your kid overnight, every night while he on tour. Like, nah. My son is three. I don't give a fuck if my son was 12. You ain't going to sleep in no grown-ass man's bed. I don't give a hell who he is. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing that. I'm letting. I, I wouldn't let Mike. I don't give a hell who it is and how much money you giving me or where are you taking me around the world as a parent for me to be like, well, let me. Yeah, you go ahead and be alone with such and such because they're a celebrity. No, so that's a side eye too. But that's a you know that is what it is. And um, that whole R. Kelly man, that's. <laughs> I gotta call up my girl Jess, talking as Jess, aka Cabbage Kiddo. That was on my R. Kelly synopsis episode, and if you haven't heard that one, it's in the previous episodes, and uh, we'll probably do a uh, another episode about R. Kelly in this situation, but do wildin' on that note, too. <laughs> but um, thanks for checking out this episode of the Fly Perspective Podcast, episode number 30, the one-year uh, podcast uh, you know, episode, man. Uh, Shout-out to you guys. If you have any questions, um, comments, uh, send it to tfpfeedback at gmail.com. That's tfpfeedback at gmail.com. Um, my at on Instagram is at DJ Soulfly. That's DJ S O F L Y Y. Add me there. Check out my day by day fly perspectives. Uh, also, rate and subscribe in um, on iTunes. Uh, that's the Apple Podcast app for iPhones and uh, or on SoundCloud. If you got a SoundCloud, you know, that's for the Androids. Um, I've been thinking about looking up to see if I can upload my stuff on, on Spotify, uh, too. Because so, I'm only on a- Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud right now. It's just it's too much of a hassle, you know, sometimes like to do all that. But 
Uh, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, until next time, man, y'all be safe out there. Peace.